0: ...that we're going to come in contact with on a daily basis. We got people that are above us. We got people that are our peers. And we got those that are entrusted to our care. Right? Those are the three levels that we see. And so what we've been talking about over this time are those that are above us. Right? I'm going to continue talking about that in spiritual authority. So now, the divisions that we've talked about that are above us are civil authority. There is social authority, which are your bosses, your teachers, your coaches... We're going to talk about the family unit probably in the next two weeks, and then this morning and next week I want to take some time talking about spiritual authority and what that looks like because it's going to bless you. Here's the point to all this, all that, all that to say in this one point: if God tells us to honor each other, or sorry, each area of delegate authority, and in doing so the honor principle applies, we will be rewarded, whether partial or full, determined by the degree we honor and value authority. So the choice is really up to you and I. Okay. Let's talk about spiritual authority. Everybody okay? Spiritual authority. What? Before we get into this, I want to describe what is the church. What is the church? Spiritual, yeah. I want to just lay out a little foundation. Because so far, I mean, this church is really good. But I want to just take some time talking a little bit about it. Just again, refresh your minds again. Because, you know, sometimes when you hear about, okay, yeah, we honor civil authority. Yeah, I got that. Okay, we're going to honor those social authority. Okay, got that. I, I know that. But I could want an area that we also want to just bring out is honoring those spiritual authority. Because, again, why are we doing that? For the purpose of reward. Let reward. Every time you hear hear honor, I want you to think reward. I say honor, you say? I say honor, you say? Honor. 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 honor, honor, Reward. Oh, gotcha. Nailed it. All right. We're talking about this. I want you to think that in the back of your brain. So let's talk about this. What is the church? Number one, the church is a called out people. We get that from the word ecclesia in the Greek, and that simply means called out ones. The real focus of this, it's not a building. It is a people. So say with me, I'm a called out one. That's who I am. I'm a called out one. He called me out, called me by name, brought me into his kingdom. So wherever I go, the Ecclesia, wherever I go, he goes with me. This is who I am. So what we do this building, and we're thankful to have a building, this is where we come to meet. I don't have a kitchen big enough to fit everybody. <laughs> so what do we do? Yeah, what? Come on, I know. I'm working on that. So what do I need to do is where we come, we come gathered into this building. So again, this is not the church. This is where we gather, and I know you know that, but I want to preface it again. Now First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, You are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. You see that? He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Look at verse 10. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. This is a big deal. Once you had nothing. You were nothing. In fact, you, in the eyes of God, you were an enemy of His. Yet because of God and His goodness, He called you out with His Son. Why did He call you out? Verse 9, and very clearly it says... Called out of what? You were called out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And that's to be a continuous experience. Yeah. Not just a one-time event. Okay, we had a nice little prayer service and, ooh, I felt something. No, it's a continuous day after day, hour after hour. He wants you to experience the kingdom of this marvelous light. So not only are we to experience it, then we're to, I like the way the Passion Bible says, we're to broadcast it throughout the world. We broadcast it. want to say Broadcast. This is what we do. Your life is a broadcast. Everywhere you go, you are broadcasting the wonderful and marvelous light from which you are now living in. You came out of darkness and you got a testimony. You came out of darkness and, hey, man, I got life. So I want to discourage you. If you're not too impressed with Jesus yet, it's because you haven't seen him lately. If you're having a hard time being able to worship, it's because you haven't spent some time with him. Because when you're with him, you can get happy at the drop of a second shouldn't take, you know, we have worship not to prime the pump. Just, just you know what I mean by that a little bit? Sometimes we think, okay, I'll come to the worship service. I got a single because I'm just really, really dry. It's because you're a little bit dry. You need to come and you need to, just during the week, just pump yourself up a little bit. Oh, how do I do that? You can pray. You can pray in other tongues. You can actually just worship the Lord on your own. <gasps> And guess what? Here's the thing. You don't even need music. Get out. No, no, no. No, yeah. I sing in the shower a lot, and I sound good. So that's why I think I can sing here. So let me encourage you. Just, you know, make your wood a little wet. Make it a little bit wet. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm preaching this, so you're going to take it. So I've so been, I've been called. called out of darkness. Why? So that I can broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Again, you are an ambassador. Now, is God, This is a question. Is God still calling out people in this day? Is he still looking for Ecclesia this day? Yes. yes. And he's going to use you, Mr. and Mrs. Ambassador. <laughs> okay. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of, oh, God, I just want you to reach my coworker. He is through you. Oh, I just want, want to—I to reach my high school. I want to reach the college that I go to. He is through you, Mr. Ambassador, Mrs. Ambassador. He uses you. We have to get aware of this. Because I'm going to just throw this in here. You know what? A, a phrase that I hear a lot, and I'm wanting to actually nip this a little bit. The church should be doing this. Yeah, it should. Get going. How many times I've heard things like, oh, hey, the church, they should be at this parade. Go for it. Why do you have to say me? Why do you want me to go, go there? there?
1: Well, because well, well, you don't you know, know, you represent, represent the, church. the church. No,
0: you represent the church. If you have it on your heart to go, get your butt there and don't expect me. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. But what we've done, we've lost sight of what the church is. We think the church is the collective building. Okay, You've got to get this whole group of people to go to somewhere. Now the church is there. You are there. That's the church. And what you're doing is you're putting expectations on maybe a conviction you have in your heart. Thank God you have that conviction, but don't put that on somebody else. You are the church. You can do that just as powerfully as if you know, anybody, you know, anybody else, showed, else up. showed up. But if you, but got, if you got, that got that conviction, con- you go. Why? Because there's an anointing on your life. Step out and do it. All oh, the church should be in the schools. I 100% agree. Where are you? Where are you? Go for it! Go for it! Oh, the church would oh, be the in church would be in politics! Absolutely! Absolutely! Go! Go! That's not my That's lane. That's not my lane. Because people got people listen, got over this past time. A lot, lot time. of angry lot people, people, mad, mad, at people, at people at mad at me. I want to give you a little, you a little taste, of what it taste of what it is. You got people on you both got people ends on of the ditch. You got people that are super that mad. Are super number one, mad because, because, of because of COVID is COVID is you know close you know, down know, the close down the church. People are angry. I get people are angry. I'm angry. I'm angry too. To then you got people, you the got people on the other side. The other side who are going who are going oh, COVID. COVID. closing the church. I hope the church stays closed because we just all need to be safe. That's wrong. That's wrong too. So to find a happy, so what you hear, so what you hear, the church should be doing this, huh? Huh? No, the church only doing that. Doing that, huh? Huh? Can I just come in the middle? and We'll make something work here. But rather than the, the church, rather than should, the be, church is, should be, is, you go ahead, ahead and do that. that there's, an there's an anointing on your life. Go no, do it. Go do it. Because, again, because oh, we're going to go oh, over this. this. What is spiritual what is authority's, authority's role? role? Is it to be, it it to everything be at everything that takes, that takes place? No. No. So I want to just so lay I this, just out, this just out really clearly. And clearly and maybe if you have heard this before, that's great. But many of you have it, this why I want to just take the time. Just to kind of go over it. What does the church look What is this all about? we okay with doing that this morning? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And as I said, it's God, God interested God still calling, still people calling people Yes, he yes, yes, is. Yes, he is. This is his absolute heart. heart. And how does somebody, how does somebody into come it, into the kingdom? is by simply, it's it's by believing, by simply the believing the gospel. This is how you this become is a called you become out a one. one. How did you become did a called call out a one? Call you one? You simply believe the, the gospel. You heard that Jesus died for you. love for you. what did it do? what did it do? It caused you to believe. And you said, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. And now you became a called out one. That's amazing, isn't it? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Man, man. Okay, okay. Now let's look at this. Now let's look at this. Again, the second again, part, the second church, part. The is church a, is purchased a people. purchased people. I, 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 the reason I, I, I really want to emphasize, emphasize what is the church? What is the church? Called out group. Now, now, what is the what church? Is the we the are, church. A we now. are a now. we purchase a now purchased purchased people. people. This is why you is are such a big deal. Look at your neighbor say. say. You are a pretty big deal around here. You are a you are a Big deal. You are a big deal. You want say it with me? I say it with me. I am a big deal. Now, it's not because now, it's of, of not who because you are, it's because of the price, of the price that, you that you were bought with. I bought this jacket. I, bought this I mean, jacket. I got it for I mean, a sale. But I, I, I bought it because I liked it and it was good money. So I actually put it apart from my other junky ones. Why? Why? It's, it's, a, it's a bigger deal to me than just, you know, something else. Well, you, you were purchased by God by very precious, not money, but by the blood of Jesus. So I want you to remember that. When you say, when, you're, when God calls you somewhere, you are a big deal. Who are you? You're an ambassador. I'm not just a plumber. I'm not just a teacher. I'm not just a pastor. Listen, I am a child of the Most High God first. That's who I am first. So I'm a pretty big deal. And we're going to talk about this when we talk about honoring peers. Because when you actually look at somebody and you treat them according to their identity, not what they have done or the mistakes they've made, you actually start seeing a big change in your life. Rather than looking at somebody, the sin that they made or the things that they've said, the mistakes they had, rather you approach them going, he's a child of God or she's a child, she's a daughter of God. Man, that's who they are. It, my approach is different. And this is where honor actually can be. As it is in heaven, so it is in this earth by just simply showing honor. I believe this, that people will be drawn to us, talking this church family, because of the honor that we are going to start showing for one another. Not based on the color of our skin, not based on the hygiene that we have, I ain't touching that person. But if you will look at them through the eyes of, of honor, it'll change everything. Somebody's going through a rough time rather than going, man, they made some stupid decisions. Yeah, and you'll probably coach you through that. But honor will, ex- will put itself out there to say, hey, let me show you. This is a, Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just go on, okay? So now look at this, 1 Peter 1.17. I want to just read this to you to remind you again that you, the church who are purchased people, it says, since you call on him as your heavenly father, the impartial judge who judges according to each one's works, live each day with holy awe and reverence throughout your time on earth. For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ who like a spotless unblemished lamb was sacrificed for our sins. You are purchased with blood. I wanna just remind you that today. As an ambassador, so like everywhere I go, instead of being a little bit timid, walk in there confidently. No, I've been bought by blood. He calls me son or he calls me daughter. I I have a place here. I'm on assignment. It changes the way you think. You're an ambassador. I'm not a plumber. I'm not a teacher. Who am I? I'm an ambassador. I'm not a welder. Who am I? I'm an ambassador. Not a principal. What am I? I'm an ambassador. When you get that proper, the way you now carry out your job will be at a very high level. Rather than, okay, I'm a plumber, now I'm an ambassador. No, you are an ambassador sent here on assignment to plumb. Changes. Now, rather than fixing toilets for the man, you're now fixing it for him. Now there's an anointing on that seat when you sit on it. (laughs) Woo! Glory! That's what I'm talking about. It's the difference. That's what we want those seats to be like. When you sit on them, you go, woo! And for those of you that don't go in public places, I encourage you, go use that public place. This is anointing on that toilet seat. All right. (laughs) Yeah, you get visions, man. You get stuff. Okay, now let's look at this. How does Jesus set up his church, or how does he set up his family? So what got us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. So the gift to the world, again, is Jesus. This is the gift. This is the message that we proclaim to the world is Jesus. you got to get born again. Now you become a called out one when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't become a called out one by being a good person or being nice to your cat. You're not called out by doing any good deeds or being nice to your boss. You get called out how? By accepting the sacrifice that Jesus purchased you. That's how you become a called out one. And now since I'm called out, I've been purchased with blood. Now who am I? I'm an ambassador for him, and I'm temporarily sent here on this earth to be an ambassador. Now, how does God set up this family? Okay, we got a bunch of kids now running around. <laughs> we are all been brought into this kingdom, and now look at us. Woo! Yeah, yeah, a, you're in the kingdom, me too? Yeah, just I And mean, We just get excited. It's awesome. Now, we're all part of this family. So now, how does God set this thing up? Because if we can understand how he sets it up, now we can start to flow in it a little bit differently. Okay? His church. Every family member, now I'm just talking about this, every family member, say every. 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 So look at your neighbor, say you. You. Look at the other guy, say you. That points to you and say me. 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 Every family member has received a gift, a spiritual, some translations say a spiritual grace. You have received a grace, a special endowment from heaven is on the inside of you. It's there. I'm going to prove it to you, give you a couple verses. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, Every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. You've received it. You have a grace. You have a gift on the inside of you that is very unique. Maybe you don't think it's unique and go, that's just kind of normal for me. It's your gift. Don't become so normalized by it that you just kind of, you know, pass it off. Man, there's some people that are in this building that are hospitality. Wow. It's amazing. Guess what? That gift is needed in the church. Hospitality is a big aspect. Then you got those. Actually, let me just, I'm going to get there in a sec. The next verse I want to read you is Ephesians chapter 4 and Verse 17. And it says this, that Jesus, he has generously given each one of us a supernatural grace. Say with me, supernatural. A supernatural gift. A supernatural gift. Say it, I got a supernatural gift. You have one. You have one. And he says, according to the size of the gift of Christ. Now these gifts are found in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. It lists off seven different types of gifts that people have within the body of Christ, within the ecclesia, the called out ones. Everybody has received a spiritual gift. Now, it's, it's talked about in seven different functions, but it comes out uniquely according to your personality, which is so wonderful. You're never supposed to copy somebody. So if you have the gift of teaching, don't just be like, okay, well, I got to teach like so-and-so. No, you're unique. Who's a teacher in this house? We know there's a few teachers in this place. Anybody I've got a couple of teachers? A couple, of te- and what do you? If they were to be the same as okay, I got a copy. So and so, you would lose the uniqueness of it. So we got all these people. Let me just list off what it is. They got all these gifts, and they're these gifts: prophecy, serving, teaching, encourager, giver, leadership, and mercy. Those are the seven gifts that you find that are across the body of Christ. Everyone that is called on the name of the Lord has these gifts at work on the inside of them. Now, what we want to do here, of course, we're going to develop this more and more, is to help individuals find that gift and then plug it in. Okay, thank you for your excitement. All right. Now, there are just two categories. There's speaking gifts, and then there's helping gifts. Have you ever noticed that those that have the gift of helping... Right or serving, some would say they don't enjoy the microphone. You try to give them a microphone, what do they do? Right. Then you got those that have the gift of speaking. You know, you got teachers, you got prophecy. But I also want to just throw this in there: if you have the gift of prophecy, it does not make you a prophet. If you have the gift of teaching, it doesn't mean that you are a teacher in the fivefold ministry. It's a little bit different. You have these gifts on the inside of you, and they're to who benefit who. The body, the whole church. So it's not, this is not a one man show. This is not just about me and my little microphone here. This is about the body growing and edifying itself together in love when we all do our part. Because if it's just about me, trust me, I will disappoint you. Maybe I already have this morning. I will disappoint (laughs) you, guaranteed. I will. Because it's not just about a one man's gift or one woman's gift. It can't be. If that is, then that's the church is very shallow and we'd be out of here by next week. So it's got to be about more than that. It's got to be about somebody that's at that front door, that has the gift, man, of just this encourager or somebody that even is even server. When you have a server that's greeting, they do a lot better than teachers that greet. Sometimes, and don't get me wrong, if you are a teacher, yeah, you can still greet. Don't be, well, this is my gift and I don't bend. Then you're of no use. You have to be flexible. But most times, what do you see at the door? You see those that like to serve. You see those that are encourager or they're even givers. Givers doesn't just mean finances, that's a big part of it, but you also see, man, they just give of themselves. Man, they give off a smile. How are you today? So good to see you. Rather than somebody with the gift of prophecy, let's say saith the Lord, I see there's something wrong in your life. That's a little bit different. <laughs> Walking into church and somebody prophetically telling you there's a little bit of an issue going on in your life, and I think you need to clear it up before you come in here. That would not be helpful. <laughs> so what do we do? We encourage people. That's that's your that's your gift. Man, like let's get you there. We want to help you encourage because those gifts are all needed. All right? Okay. Now, the question I want to just ask you then is why ministers? Why? What's the point? You know, can I just watch online and just hear a message? Can't I just, you know, can I just YouTube something and I'll get my fill for the day? Oh, you can get a lot out of it. Not saying that you can't. And we're going to talk about this in the next week as well. But there's something about you and I getting planted In a local house. I'm going to hit that next week really hard. Because this is where you get planted. is where you give your life. It's not something that you attend. There's a difference between planting and attending. If you attend, you're not able to see the benefits. If you plant, it changes everything. Okay. Okay, now we'll get that. I'm not going to talk about that this week. But next week I'll hit that. But I want to talk about why ministers. But with every family... God places spiritual leaders to oversee that local body called a shepherd. Right? You see that in the scriptures. And I'm going to give you a couple verses. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says this, so guard your hearts. This is Paul talking to his leaders. He says, be true shepherds over the flock and feed them well. Remember, it was the Holy Spirit who appointed you to guard and oversee the churches that belong to Jesus, the anointed one, which he purchased and established by his own blood. Then Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven and twelve, it says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Now I really want you to see this. Do everybody got their Bible? You you see it? Are you seeing it on your pages? Please, I encourage you. Don't wait for the screen to turn. Go look with me. Ephesians chapter four. Look at verse eleven for a moment. You got to see this. It says, "Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to what? The church, not to the world." These gifts are to the church. What are these gifts for? Or who are these gifts? First I'll name them. The apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and the pastor. And really in the Greek, it actually is pastor-teacher. Pastors-teachers. That's what you see. Those are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And notice what their responsibility is. Verse 12. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This is the job of the fivefold ministry gives. So when I look at this, I go, okay, so Lord, this is what you've called and assigned Jamie and I to. You've called us to pastor. You've called me to pastor to this church. What does that mean? That means my responsibility is to equip. If I do anything different but this job description, I'm in big trouble. Now listen, some people want me to do more than this, but unless the Lord tells me I can't, because if I get out of my lane, then guess what? The person that needs me here, I'm of no benefit and no value to anybody else. And I want to just give you a little bit of examples because I've, I mean, I've, I've been in ministry. This is actually my 15th year starting September. This year is now 15 years that I've been in ministry. And I've, I've not that I, I've not mastered this by any means. I am still a work in progress. I don't know everything at all. So please hear my heart. I'm a young guy that's still working on figuring this whole thing out and really allowing the Lord to teach me. I've come to him humbly. Lord, show me how you set this thing up. And I've had some experiences over the years that really helped propel me in my understanding and walking in spiritual things. Because if we don't understand, and I think this is the biggest place of honor, if we don't understand honor in the church, forget about it elsewhere as well. It begins a lot of times at home. And so I want to just bring this across again, not to say that we don't do that here. In fact, it's an honor that Jamie and I get a pastor of this church. We feel so blessed being here. You really, The way that you love us and accept us is truly amazing, and we do say thank you for that. So what I'm doing is now just taking the time to show you why you do what you do. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Okay. Now, so again, the role of a fivefold ministry gift—the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher—is to feed, to protect, to guide, and to nurture. Now, what is the what is the responsibility of the church, the family? Then, number one, as I said, is to plant—not just attend yourself and your family—in the church. And I'm going to explain that more next week. But what I want to share this morning is you have to simply—you have to receive us in your hearts as your pastor. You have to receive us in your heart. And that's, I'm, not, I'm not doing this. Please receive me. Please, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. That's, that's, not, that's not the implication nor the motive that I'm coming from. But again, I want you to think reward. I want you to see why you do what you do. For those of you that are twice my age and call me Pastor Joel, I, it is an honor for me to even hear those words. But I want to show you why that is, that's a big deal. Because this is something that I have to get over my own self. I have a hard time even presenting this message. Do you know how lack of sleep I got last night because of this message? This is very difficult for me to do. Because I'm basically, in some of your eyes' opinion, still in diapers. (laughs) You changed my diapers. (laughs) You you may think that I'm in them, but some of you changed them. (laughs) So let me just carry this out. When someone says, this is the church or this is the family that God has called me to plant in, what you are saying is, Jamie and I are your pastors, and the leadership here are your leaders. That's what you're saying. You can't say, I I, I go to this church, but I refuse to submit to the leadership of that church. It won't work. You'll be frustrated. You'll be burnt out. You'll be questioning even your faith. And listen, the messages will mean nothing to you. Every Sunday you go, man, I can't wait to check this box. This is stupid. You'll be looking forward to getting out of here simply because you refuse to receive. Next. So a question that I want to just portray to you is, who are Jamie and I to you? Who are we to you? Are we just, oh, they pastor that church at Impact. Or, oh, he's a good communicator. Or, his wife is really good looking. Or, they just got a bunch of kids. or you, you define that. That is for you to answer for yourself. And let me just lay this out, though. I want to just give you a couple of experiences that I've had. Before I do that, but it says that you have to receive a minister in your heart, and when you do, you get access to the grace that is on their life, and watch how you will be fed, instructed, and guided. It's a supernatural thing. I can't explain it from a natural perspective. It simply is the grace of God, it's the power of God that works within every church. This is every church that God sets up, this is how it is. So, Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, Jesus said, He who receives me, or sorry, he who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. Now you could exchange those words, receive an honor. But when you value the pastor, or a ministry gift, you are valuing God's word because God sent him to you. And can I just, I want to just put this out. I didn't choose this place. Jamie and I didn't choose this. If we had a choice, we'd be in New York. I had an opportunity. Jamie and I had plenty of opportunities. I think the devil did every opportunity to get me, you know, a job offer in every place that I wanted to be. I had one in Vancouver and I had one in New York. Where else would I want to be? (laughs) But every time we came back, the Lord says, no, I've called you here. There's a difference. So for us, especially if this is not a job for me, I don't have set hours. It's not like, okay, I wake up at 8, brush my teeth, go to work. I'm at work from 8.30 to 4.30. There's no such thing as timeline for me because this is a call. And the way that we, and I want to share, you know, just a few things, what it's like for me. But even that, in in my, let me just give you a couple examples here. Uh, And the first example, actually, I want to share with you is from a a gentleman, Kenneth Hagan. Not Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, the senior, but Pastor Hagan, junior. And he, he shared a very, he was teaching, you know, kind of along these lines. I heard this a long time ago. But he gave an example of, there was a couple in his church, and the husband was diagnosed with stage four Cancer, I can't remember where it was. And basically the doctors gave him a month to six weeks to live, and that's it. So his wife, you know, phoned Pastor Hagen and said, this is what's happened. This is what's going on. My husband's going to be gone in a month to six weeks. We just don't know what to do. Pastor Hagen says, put your husband on the phone. Husband comes on the phone. Hello, sir. And then they got it going on. And the first thing that Pastor Hagen says, who do you call me? And the gentleman said, you're my pastor. And as soon as he said that, Pastor Hagen said, I had a word on the inside of him. I spoke it to him. Within that week, he was completely healed from stage four terminal cancer. Now, how is that? How do those miraculous things happen? Don't forget honor. Don't forget who do you call? Because, again, what did this gentleman do? He got access to the grace that is on the pastoral anointing. It's not about Pastor Hagen. It's not about Joel housing. It has nothing to do with me. But what has God done? God has called me to be in this place. I am just simply obedient to this place. And I'll give you another example. This one really hits home for me. Because right when, excuse me, when Jamie and I took this church on, we had just about four years ago this past February, my opa, who now is in heaven, that Sunday after we came in, he came up to me and said, you are now my pastor. It rocked my world. I, tell you, I bawled my face off. Because what did it do for me on the inside? First of all, it made me, Get over my age. Rather than, because this is honestly, I'll just be very vulnerable. This is probably the biggest struggle that I have. And this is why probably a tendency that I have is people pleasing. Is because I'm always ashamed at the age that I am. And I look at it and go, I'm way too young to be telling some people here what to be doing. They ought to be teaching me stuff. That's honestly how it comes across. But when my OPA did that, it helped Start the breaking process of what First Timothy 4.12 says, not neglecting the, your youngness. Don't let people despise you because of your youth. That was really a stronghold the enemy has had. And, you know, to some degree, I'm still really working on that because it's a big deal to me. But when my opa called me, you, like, he looked me in the eye and he said, you are now my pastor. I just, I, I broke. I said, are you, you serious? Like, It helped me tremendously, and after that point, I can honestly say my relationship with my opa went so much deeper than just grandfather grandson. It went beyond it. It went into a. It went into a. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter five sixteen, you actually see the Apostle Paul talking about now we know no man after the flesh. I didn't know my opa just after the flesh anymore. I knew him as I knew him and his heart, I knew the spirit that's connected to him, and him with me. That's why he could say stuff to me, and it may be kind of brash or you know straight up, but it wouldn't affect me because I knew the heart behind it. I knew who he was, the gift and grace that was there. I could just, oh, man, I see that, because he called me pastor, and yet he honored my decision. I remember one time he said, "Joel, buy those places." I said, "I, I can't do that quite yet. Buy them." And he wasn't very happy with me for not buying them because we waited another year. And then, you know, just before he passed away, I told him, hey, we got those too. And that's the last time I got the thumbs up. Those are the last words I got. But it, it rocked me in such a way because it, it broke something. So that, that just right there, and that's just a little personal example. But even with my own dad, you know, when I, when I started here, I remember my dad telling me the bloodline stops at this door. But Papa... Dad, Daddy, please. No, but you know what? It was the most beneficial thing because, you know what? I, I noticed this whenever we would have staff meetings or different things like that. Anytime that I approached him, if I would call him Papa, which I, which I normally call him, I would get a dad response. And it was helpful. It's good. But it wouldn't really change anything. I'd still be kind of falling into the same cycle a week later. But the moment I stepped over that and said, You know what, I'm not gonna just acknowledge him as my dad, honor him as my father. I can get honor, I can get advice from him as my dad. I went to him and on purpose, I would say, Pastor John, I'm struggling with this, you know, this situation where this looks like. He said, Here, come, let's talk about this. And instead, what did I do? I pulled on the pastor anointing and I received the pastor's response. This is the same way what Jesus said: He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet, what do they reap? A prophet reward. It's the same thing. Those that that receive a pastor, what are they going to get? A pastor's reward. And what I'm finding in my own early stages of this, just entering again my 15th year, is that I've had a few people that have come in in very tough situations, diverse circumstances. A lady was diagnosed with some crazy cancer, like just lots of stuff. But because they called me pastor, I found this. I had words for them in that exact moment. And is it me? Nope. Is it how holy or how righteous that I am? Nope. It has everything to do with the grace that is on the life, on the position. It's just right there. It's, it's amazing. It's, I really wish, I, I mean, i, I got to go more depth in this for my own self, but it, it's truly amazing. The moment that I called him pastor, man, all of a sudden, what did I get? I got a pastor's reward, and it was an answer in season that changed me from the inside out. Okay. Now again this doesn't only go for us as pastors, but also any ministry gift. And I'll give you an example. I went to a Brother Copeland meeting. Many people don't like him. I don't care. You don't have to like him. You got to honor the position, though. Uh, hello. Because this, this is a big thing in the church. And listen, let me just throw this out there. If you've ever come from a place, maybe a, a place or a position where pastors or leaders have abused their authority, I'm sorry. That, act, that happens. There there are people all over the planet that abuse authority. That can be there. That is there. So what do we do? The Lord tells us never to judge the motive behind an individual, why they do what they do. We are to judge the fruit. So if you came from a place, you know, maybe the pastor or somebody that committed adultery or something was was wrong. Or they, you know, divorced their wife and married a younger version. You hear about that all the time. We're not ignoring that those things happen. Am I just supposed to stay underneath and in that church? No. Why? Because the same spirit that they've allowed into themselves is going to trickle down into everybody else. So what do you do? You can leave politely and still honor the things that they've done and spoken into your life. There's still tremendous truths that they've spoken, tremendous things that they've revealed. Our job is to go, thank you, Lord, that I received all that. Because the thing that you don't want to do is step into dishonor where you go, they did this and they said this. and They're they're just, this is what they wanted to do. What happens is you stepped out of honor. And you can actually leave wrong because how you now left a church is how you enter the next one. It's a big deal. So we got to make sure we always stay on our side. Are there people that do screwy things? Yes. Are there churches out there that are just cuckoo? Yes, absolutely. But still, what is our job? Our job is to judge the fruit. Go, hmm, I've heard that, but I'm not going to be part of that. So all of a sudden, you know, when people, listen, they like to go for lunch afterwards. Christians like to eat and talk. So we go to dinner. Did you guys see? Did you hear what they were talking about? Stop it right there. Just go, no, we're not going to get involved in that. Don't do that. I don't know why they made the decision that they did, but I'm sure they got a reason. But it's not our job to judge that. Let's pray for them. Let's establish them. Let's help them build them up. This is the body. This is what we do. Because, listen, at some point, I, I'm going I'm to need that mercy extended to me. Because I will promise you, I will screw up. I will not do everything perfect according to your eyes. I know I won't. Why? Because I'm human. <laughs> and I'm just, I give you my word to do my best to be led by the Spirit of God and make sure all my decisions are properly led and properly according to the word. I do my utmost with that. And I'm, I think you've seen that to some degree. But I, for some, in some way, I will probably mess this up or not this up. I may make a mistake that you may not like, but don't discredit or don't cut yourself away because what happens if you just blown yourself out? And what happens... For all of a sudden you were here. Now you're there. Now you're there. Now you're drinking during the message. Now you're showing up 10 minutes after worship starting. Now you're waiting till the worship ends so that you can come in. Now you're just skipping out, you know, when the offering is being brought up. Gone. And you don't see how subtle that it is. It is so subtle how dishonor creeps in. If there's a problem, talk. If, you, if, you're, if you're wondering about a decision, listen, there's been many times, me and my dad had some good fights. But the bottom line is, he's the pastor, I'm not. So Joel, what do you do? Shut up. Say it with me, shut up. It'll probably bless you. Those words right there will help you a lot. There's been times I can't. You 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 do what you want to do, and I will completely stand by it. I'll completely support it. I won't just say, yeah, hey, guess what, Pastor John wants to do." It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. That's how church splits happen. Yeah. yeah, but I'm right in doing it. Absolutely, you were probably right in the. I I could have been right in many of those meetings, but I was wrong in my attitude towards it. Look at look at Absalom and David. If you read that story, you can see that right there. Division took place and dishonor happened within the family simply because there was no honor. That's a big deal. What did Absalom do? He took all of the kingdom of Israel away from David because of this bitterness he had on the inside of him towards what David didn't do in correcting one of his other sons. He hated him for it. And that's how it starts. So if you're mad at somebody in the leadership, don't just write them off. Have a conversation. And still, if they're not going to change, then just say, okay, I, I submit to that, and I'm going I'm to do my best to work alongside that. Can we grow up a little bit? In the world, it's so quick just to go. Well, Imagine this. If you show up to the, bo- the boss, says, I'm going to do this. Well, I don't like that. You're going to stay because you need that paycheck. But we write the church off like that. We don't like that. Fine, I'm going somewhere else, me and my family. Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? Because what you're doing is you're separating yourself from that grace. Man, man, That family member got healed. Oh, I'm separating from that. Oh, man, oh, you got filled with the Holy Spirit in that place. I'm separating myself from that. You don't even understand. Before you know it, you're going. Where is God in all this? He's right here. Did He tell you to leave? Are you leaving because of offense? Did He tell you to leave? Are you leaving because of you didn't like a decision that was made? What's causing you to move? Okay. Okay, praise the Lord. You know, this, the Lord asked me this question last night, and not, this isn't speaking to any church in general, but it says, could it be that the Western church isn't seeing more of a move of God because of a lack of honor? And that And I, I believe it was a rhetorical question. So I'm saying, yeah, Lord, that could be why. Because how come in Africa, and how come in some of those other countries, you see, men people come and they get healed, people coming out of wheelchairs. We don't, don't see those things like we used to back in the day. It's not God's fault. He's not withholding anything. What's it? From the way I'm seeing it, honor. You know, back to my last story that I was sharing on this, any kind of ministry gift. So I, was, I just mentioned, you know, Kenneth Copeland. A lot of people have a hard time just whatever he preaches and whatever. People got issues, right? Uh, but anyways, I was at one of his meetings, and I remember sitting down in that chair, and I said, I receive him as the prophet of God for my life right now. I I remember just sitting there and saying, I'm going to receive what he's going to say today. And so the December 31st, we were at the farm celebrating, doing our thing, with the family, and uh, my cousin loves making a big ice thing on the dugout. The dugout's great, except it's got crappy ice. So (laughs) you never know if you're going to hit a pothole. You don't know what you're going to hit. It's going to be a surprise. So I remember I stopped one time, and I absolutely just wrecked my ankle. Man, I couldn't see anything, and it it was throbbing. So, I mean, I, I couldn't walk on it for a few days. I went to this conference three weeks later, and uh, all of a sudden, as we're sitting down there, I, I remember just, K. Okay, I I receive him as a prophet of God for my life. I need this word. And in doing that, he stopped his message. Hear me now. He stopped his message. And he said, I see right now in my heart, I see a young man. You were ice skating on New Year's Eve. You stopped and you hurt your ankle real bad. You couldn't walk on it for a few days. You were, you were skating, and then you stopped or something, like along these lines. And I see, I see you stopped, and you wrecked your ankle. He said, the Lord tells you right now, receive your healing, your ankles whole and well. And all of a sudden, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I was just kind of sitting there. And all of a sudden, I went. Are you kidding me? What is that? Is it, oh, my faith was so great? No, it's because I honored the ministry gift that was there. I'm ready to receive what they got to say. That's it. Are we going to agree with every minister that we hear out there? Probably not. So what do we got to do? If God calls you in this, this is the thing. Some people, I mean, God will call you to partner with other ministries. That, that can very well be. But there's other people that may you just, you may be hearing it on your, your YouTube. Maybe you're just kind of going through it. You can still listen to people and still be respectful. Right. They can be completely wrong. But I figure this, that I can learn from anybody. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, but you know they come from the Baptist church. I can learn a lot from the Baptists because the moment that I think that I can't what have I just done? I've just isolated that whole that grace and that anointing that's on that individual's life. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to eat the hay, but I'm going to spit out the sticks. Anyways, I'll leave that for you. Okay, and I'm in finishing. I know I went about 8 minutes over here. I apologize for that. Actually, I don't. Okay. So last verse I want to share with you is in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you show your deep appreciation for those who cherish you and work diligently, who work diligently work as ministers among you, for they are your leaders who care for you, teach you, and stand before the Lord on your behalf. They value you with great love, and because of their service to you, let peace reign among yourselves. And I want to just end off with this: four things that Jamie and I, we committed in our heart. Before we took this church over, Jamie and I went away for a couple of days. And these are the things that we just, we not just promised, we cut covenant with the Lord. We took uh, communion with bef- be- just Jamie and I before the Lord. And then we also did it with you as a church family four years ago in February 28th of 2016. And it says, number one is that we would continue to pray for you, to carry you in our hearts and constantly build you up and speak life over your lives. We do this on a regular basis. You will not hear us trash talking anybody that's in this room. Never. Number two is that we would covenant with the Lord to lead Impact Life Church by God's direction, not our own. Number three is that we are committed to teach the word of God, not our opinion, and not the popular thought of the day. Number four is to keep our eyes on what the Lord needs this church to do. We don't just do church for the sake of doing it. We are here with an assignment, and as a church family, we will complete it. So I just wanted to read those out to you again, just to remind you, this is what we will do for you on a regular basis, is to continue to, to feed, to nurture, to guide to the best of our ability according to the grace of God in us. And, I'm, and again, just from our hearts, this, we weren't saying this or coming at this from the point of, we're not getting any honor, respect, or Can you please like us? Far from it. We are so thankful that we are called to this house. This is, in my opinion, by far the greatest people that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm called, and I'm so excited not just to do this as a job. This is my call. We're here for you. We exist for you in no other reason because God called us here, so we're going to do it to the best of our ability. We love you with all of our hearts.